All right, hello, and welcome everyone to another episode of Waiting to be Signed, the show where we discuss the week's events in generative art. My name is Will, and I'm joined by Trinity. And before we get started, a quick disclaimer. We are here to talk about art, not just the aesthetics, but the money surrounding it, as the market is a key part of art on the blockchain. That said, nothing we say here should be taken as financial advice. It is just for fun and conversation. You can follow us on Twitter at Waiting to Sign to keep up with our thoughts throughout the week. Or for those who prefer a visual language, on Instagram at Waiting to Be Signed. And if you are feeling generous, we are always accepting donations, including tokens, to our Tez wallet address, WTBS.Tez, or our ETH address, WTBS.ETH. Of course, the best way you can support the show is by joining our Patreon, patreon.com slash waiting to be signed. We have a ton of different tiers there for you to select from whatever is appropriate for your financial situation. Come on in. All right, Trinity, episode 99. We're firmly in 2024. Technically, like episode 100 plus right. however many interviews, but yeah, because we started at zero exactly 100 weekly episodes, triple digits. Did you ever think we were going to make it there? No doubt in my mind. You know, we're the type of people who are like very committed, I think. Like, once we made it past episode four, it was like, okay, it's like that's it. We're yeah, 100 we're is easy in. from here. Yep, <laughs> <laughs> loving it. We're still having fun, you know, still getting great feedback and so many great guests, and just always find something fun to talk about so yeah why not yeah and we had a couple of great interviews this week we released oh one on what monday was it yeah we released it on wednesday wednesday that was yesterday yes that was with frank manzano and Artie hands probably a lot of people know Artie from crypto twitter just a big collector in the space and if you're into ai art you probably know frank and he just had a you know verse announced last year they're doing these galleries or gallerists type thing and i, I guess Artie is launching the uh Artie Hans Gallery, and this is the first release he's brought to Verse. It's really cool. That's super sick. Yeah, I encourage you to check out that episode. It's very different, right? Like AIR's generative art, but he's not a code-based generative artist, and really cool to learn about his process. He basically gives us the whole blueprint in that episode for how to make <laughs> the videos that he makes. So, you know. Sounds like a great how-to. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll go through and listen to that at some point. I was taken to listening to books on tape while doing the dishes. I can also listen to podcasts while doing the dishes. Finally, you can become someone who listens to podcasts and not just <sighs> podcasts are the worst. Let me tell you, man. <laughs> I know that's that's old hat. I'm talking about it for 100 episodes, so I got to find a new a new shtick. But speaking of podcasts, we also recorded another <laughs> episode uh, earlier today with Jan Robert Lichte from jpeg windows uh, web web coin uh <laughs> lots of simple names uh scroll bars <laughs> buttons yeah. yeah jan is just uh from that kind of i guess what in like the later half of the first wave of web artists and has been around through web one and two and three now and just it was awesome to get connected with him and talk about his stuff and uh, i found like you know a lot of similar kind of ish to Maya Man, but like mm -hmm. approaching it from a very different angle, right? It's about the concept, right? Yeah. It's not about like, oh my gosh, look how accurate my brush stroke is. It's the, I'm making, this is commentary on, you know, how we perceive digital interfaces, how we experience the web, how the web experiences the web, how we experience the web experiencing the web ad nauseum. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, a lot of the work that he talked about, it sounded like it was like 95% just deep thinking and coming up with like 
the best way to execute it and whether or not it'll be meaningful. But then when it comes to actually making it, it's like, oh yeah. And then when I made it, it was easy. It was just like the hard part was getting confidence in the concept and deciding to do it. So in particular, like what was the one that he said was, oh, like the the mountains yeah. that he released on first recently. It was like, oh, did you train the models? Did you do this? And I was like, no, I just like prompted up some mountains. But the hard part was just deciding that it would be yeah. right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it was really cool to talk to him. That one will come out actually probably not until like February because we have a couple more. This is the most recording we've done in a 36-hour period. So t- tomorrow we're going to talk to Pierre Casadabeg about his upcoming uh, release, also in verse, but it's going to be a tender collab. And then next week we've got Lovid on the schedule. Both of them have these drops coming up in February. And so then I think we're going to put Jan right after them. So much, so much. <laughs> we had like a nice break from interviews over the holiday. Yeah, but this was one of the things that we talked about in our end of 2023 interview spiel. That's what we want to do. We want to keep doing these. We want to keep on getting bigger, keep on getting better. And between everything that we've been recording and just, you know, all the interest from some of the artists that we talked about and they're like, hey, let's do it. It's like, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's Sounds great. great. We're going to achieve all of our goals and then some. We're manifesting. We're doing it. The hard part is just finding the time, getting them recorded, getting them out, working with people in all different time zones. Like, uh, I've been talking to someone from Etherlink and it turns out that they are over in Hong Kong. But after talking to them, perhaps the person that we'll speak to about that project will actually be from Trilitech, located in Europe. So that'll be easier to, to coordinate. And uh, yeah, super excited for that. So much more coming up, but enough about that. What, what else was in the news this week, Trinity? There's a few things we picked out here. We'll keep it to the world of generative art and Aussie. Well, it's still alive. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I didn't mean to be dramatic, but Ozzy is no longer with the FX Hash team in any official, or I guess unofficial capacity, just on the team in our hearts. You have a medical degree. It's time to move on. Yeah, he put out a really thoughtful tweet that got a ton of uh, outpouring of love and appreciation from artists and collectors. And we were lucky to have him on last year and talk about what he was doing as a part of the team. And the dude's educated. The dude's a doctor, you know, and he's been, uh, you know, he's still, I think he was even working on like more degrees and stuff when we were talking to him. So I get it, right? Like he did, went through all that education. He wants to go do that stuff and pursue it and see what can come come of it. So congrats and big thanks to Ozzy for the work that he's done for the community. I hope we still see him in Discord a lot. All right. What do you think the odds are that he's in the process of opening an open Gen art platform on ETH right now. <laughs> he's going for it. Maybe he's going for Solana or Bitcoin. You know that there's a new like Ordinals Gen art platform launching. And I think that they got a bunch of people lined up to do it. I have no idea what the art's going to look like, if it's going to be good or bad. But I think we're going to see some artists that we know launching on Bitcoin soon. I mean, it's been a really big week for crypto. My wife got a notification from... Coinbase that the crypto that she put in way back when it was on its way down is finally mm-hmm. back to the value that she put in it. Hell yeah. <laughs> that is a sign if I've ever seen one. And also <laughs> the Bitcoin ETF is officially official. It was not official earlier this week. I don't know. I've seen a lot of debate in the community about whether it was actually that the SEC's Twitter got hacked or if they had just scheduled a tweet and put it at the wrong time and then realized like, oh, actually they didn't mean to. because. They didn't really want to do it. It was like the courts kind of compelling them to do it. And 
when they finally did announce it yesterday, it came with uh, a little caveat. You know, Gary put out a letter that basically said, like, even though we're approving this, we don't recommend you do it and we don't like it. And so whatever, there's like 10 different Bitcoin ETFs launching now. And uh, if you have an IRA or anything, you can start actually allocating, which is pretty sick. It seems like a good sign. For sure. Like, I can't see any world in which this is bad for the overall crypto economy. Anything that gets more interest and I think more industry or like monolithic interest, uh, it's following the moves of what is Goldman Sachs doing? What is UBS doing? Where are they looking to in the future of the economy? And I think that that is always going to be portentous. Good portent. Yes, for sure. Fortuitous. Fortuitous. I will plug as always the Unchained podcast, which has had great reporting on this for the last couple months and then really a lot in the last couple of weeks as it became clear that it was going to happen. I remember way back when I was getting into crypto, it wasn't actually must have been early 2020 because it was like right around the start of COVID, listening to podcasts and trying to get like just learn stuff. And that was the story back then. She was having guests on the show predicting by 2021 Bitcoin ETF because that's how long it's taken to finally get approved. And yeah, here we are four years later. It's going to take a while for the inflows, I think, to come in. It's not going to be like instantaneously a trillion (laughs) dollars into the market. But now we have these big institutional players getting involved. ETH ETH next. That's the, I think the next story is the ETH ETF and what will happen with that if, if it emerges. I mean, if something that's good for Bitcoin, it's going to be good for everything else that's downstream, or at least all the major players. So, you know, we might be 25 years off from like seeing any impacts down in our primarily Tezos-based gen art world, but no financial advice is being given in this podcast. We've already disclaimed. I'm very curious about, so the name of this platform, they actually followed us on Twitter. They're called The Function, at Function Gallery. They've got a couple thousand followers now, and they're doing curated on-chain crypto and generative art on Bitcoin. I didn't see anything art wise there the website still doesn't have anything on it i'm curious to understand maybe why artists are going over there except for maybe the fact that it's like exactly the same reason they might go to solana just oh there's liquidity there's interest and i can put a project here people are gonna throw money at it speculating and i can get a big payday like i'm not really sure what the technological advantage or what's interesting about bitcoin other than that it's novel i don't know i mean solana already feels like the hype is dead (laughs) so maybe this will just be the next month is bitcoin i mean who knows like the solana charts are looking really bad right now right i haven't i was looking for one just while casually talking about solana and ordinals but word on the street is that it's way down it's definitely not continuing to moon as people hoped Uh, i did coincidentally put in another bid on a different piece today actually uh collapser beauty has a really nice looking piece up there for 0.2 solana so it's like 20 bucks. I was just browsing before we did the episode. I was like, okay, I'll put in. And if no one outbids me in 24 hours, I'll get a really nice piece from him. We'll keep our eyes open. And if you're a part of you know, Solana, you're a part of Bitcoin, you're an artist who's interested in both of those and you've got compelling reasons beyond just, I think I can make more money there, like reach out to us and let's chat. We're genuinely curious why. <laughs> On the FX hash side, there was some huge Garden Monolith sales this yeah. week. Big market week, 100%. Jay Sten, who was a very, very early collector, and I, you know, throughout 2023, we saw them making some very big sales on Grail, Grail level pieces, shipped their pink GM to Lamond, Didi, for 20K Tez. And shortly after that, Zancan came in and grabbed 
a green one, number 248 for 8K. Kind of cool to see Garden Monolith going through the sales feed again. The 20K for the pink one, and it's a far cry off from the pink one that went for, what, 90, 98K, something like mm-hmm. that early last year or in 2022. It really speaks to the market, but I think it also just shows that you know, if we have one, you know, huge ecosystem whale, so to speak, liquidating, you know, we have Le Mans coming back in and just putting a flag in the ground being like, still here to stay. Yeah. I think that's been kind of the other really big story of the weekend FX hash world. Tons of sales going through, but also tons of deals to be had. And I think that really speaks to some of the pickups that you've had this week, some of the amazing sales that have happened. Three waiting in Aftons have been sold for under 400 Tez each. Yeah. Which so crazy. I wish I still had my 25,000 Tez because then I would have purchased Aftons. I was thinking about buying them at 3,000, but that was just too much. It's wild. I mean, Galaxy, he got through all the RGBs and now mm-hmm. I think just the whole collection is up for grabs. And I had tried playing the offer game with him a few times and put in offers and then I waited there too. He doesn't accept them and I kind of just figured, oh, well, I guess the number's too low then I would take the offer away and then I would see him two days later accept a similar or even lower offer from someone else. And so I realized like, oh, it's just that he's only checking like once a week. So I finally let my offer sit and I grabbed three different beyonds from MJ Lindo. So and this yeah. collection offer or peace offer? These were peace offers. I was okay. I was just scrolling Galaxy's wallet and picking the ones that I liked. So I got number 85, 212, and 297 at 25 Tez each. You know, I love that project. I wrote the tender editorial for it. And so to add a few more to my collection. And then I got three impossible cathedrals. I never got any of these from Pepe or EDG. Also, I think at 25 Tez each, number 131, 338, and 409. And an Adam's gaze as well from him. So just be patient. Put in an offer. Honestly, it seems it feels like nothing is too low for him to accept. It's just a matter of being there and being the only one there. And he'll he'll take it. So my instinct is that he's on his offers page and just sorting price low to high or high to low and just <laughs> going down the list. So went through all the RGBs first, then going through all of the projects that are in the mid hundreds and we'll slowly get down to the uh, offers that are slightly lower. I'll probably put some in at some point. You know, I still am looking for some more impos- impossible cathedrals. You know, there's some other really great early projects there. I was scrolling through his collection uh, while I was cooking dinner and it's just hundreds of pieces and it really just speaks to kind of the history of FX hash and, you know, remembering when Mountain View came out by Flockeroo and just like all of the Mountain Views that Galaxy has and just really just throwing you back to some of the fun days. Not that the days aren't fun now, but even more fun then. That first Alluvium project was at Chaos Research. Mm -hmm. Remember that came out like Christmas just before we started the show. And he went so heavy on that. And just now to see him selling them for like 30 Tez, 50 Tez. So he's really just taking like a 98% discount on some of of this stuff, it feels like. But yeah, it's a great opportunity. So go find his wallet, put some offers out. I have a question for you that we can do as a topic. But before we jump over to it, Trinity, can you tell us about our donation yeah. this week? We got one donation this week, an Oculus of the Arcane Sanctum from and by Nate Nolting. So thank you, Nate, for your uh, continuing support. This is by no means your first token that you've donated to us. So 
appreciate it. Always appreciated. All right. So Trinity, I allocated some time this week after the Frank interview and after our discussion last week about AI briefly on the show, I installed Stable Diffusion on my computer. I followed a whole flow from someone on YouTube on how to install it and get a checkpoint and like do that local stuff. So I'm not just prompting into the web. It's, it's all like saved. How the hell do you make a good image? I cannot figure out the prompting at all. I can't get it to do anything. Even something as simple as like draw a tree made out of concrete. It's just like does a tree and then it does like a concrete building next to it. Like how do you make this thing work? Like how are people making this stuff? Give me all your tips to become a cool AI artist. So lots of references, visual references. And this is not like Midjourney or Dali where it's you type in a phrase of what you want. It's comma separated values. So you would put black and white image of a tree, comma, concrete tree, comma, tree of concrete, comma, on the horizon, comma, midnight, comma, low level lighting, comma, you know, and then if you had artists that you liked, like if you wanted to be an impressionistic tree, you can just name all these different impressionists and, you know, it's just giving it more visual reference. And if there's anything that you don't want, for example, building in the negative prompt, you could put building. Gotcha. It's a completely different animal. In many respects, I prefer it to mid-journey. It's harder for sure, but I think you get a lot more like microcontrol, if that makes sense. Do you play with the weighting too, like the brackets or the parentheses and stuff? I saw that in a video. Sometimes, but I think that you should figure out how to prompt first in stable diffusion and then get to that point. But it's really fun to play with and I need to get back into it. I'm trying to find the fun because I, I just type in a prompt. It gives me nothing close to it. And I'm like, I don't get this. And I tried looking on YouTube too for like how to prompt, but then the tutorials are not anything like what you just explained. They're really complicated. That's how I found out about the parentheses thing. And then they tell you like, you got to download a CSV because I guess there's this little tab where you can select impressionist and then it will like do everything like you just said with like all the appropriate parentheses and brackets around it. So it'll have all those references like, oil paint, impressionistic, like painter, painter, painter. And so yeah. I guess communities have made these pre-rolled series of words in prompts that then you can distill down into this CSV and have it linked to like a single thing you can select. And I was like, this is so, this person wanted me to pay $2 for it. And I'm like, I'm not going to pay $2. No. I'm going to ask Trinity how to. No. <laughs> I mean, I guess you can do that. And, you know, there's a lot of automation and there's more automation coming out all the time. But I think there's a lot of fun in kind of building your own prompts. And also, this is kind of why I preferred abstract, mm -hmm. because I find that stable diffusion is really best for people who have a really strong frame of artistic reference. Claire is amazing at this because she just has this backlog of photographers and painters and artists and designers and jewelry makers. And it knows. Yeah, it knows all of these things. And so she's able to put in really specific references and get exactly what she likes. You know, for some of the work that you released, how long were the prompts in total? I mean, are you using up all 75 tokens to kind of, because that's, that's it kind yeah. of caps you, right? You can only prompt so long before it gets overloaded. No, I have really short prompts, but they're kind of more in the nonsensical space. So if I prompt something that's slightly nonsensical, you know, there's also the weighting of how much attention does the, AI pay to your prompt. And like, if it's all the way at the max, you're going to get something that is like insanely almost too perfect. It's kind of uncanny the way that it looks, but I've set it really, mm -hmm. really low. 
everything in stable diffusion, like there's the seed and there's kind of like this base image of sorts. And so I like to explore the space where it's moving away from the seed, mm. but it's still like pretty close to it. So it's like just in like a very transformative state. I'll show you some of the things that I've worked on in the past, just so you can kind of see how it evolves as you increase that particular value. I've done a lot of experimentation with it, a lot of experimentation and mixing images together as well. You just kind of have to have patience and play with it. And given that you love editing podcasts or you ostensibly love editing podcasts. You think I can get good at it? I think it rewards trial and error and being like systematic about things to a certain extent. Because you can recreate the same scenario over and over again while just changing one or two values. When you say you're kind of like letting it experiment, you're talking about just, yeah, it's not paying attention to the prompt that much. And that's that little slider at the bottom, right? And you can go like yeah to one end or the other. What about steps? Are you like always doing like 20-ish steps or do you like to go low step and have it be more I weird? I pay less or? attention to the steps. When I'm in an experimental phase, I'll keep the steps lower just because it can operate faster. And then once I find something that I'm like, oh, this is cool. I want to kind of explore this more. Then I'll start to explore the steps just to like see what that does. Like I like to just kind of change one lever at a time. Sometimes I run things through different models. Sometimes different checkpoints. Uh, no, mean? actual literal different models. So stable diffusion 1.5 or stable diffusion 2.1. Gotcha. Okay, um, okay. Just to see how they evolve over time. I would say that when it comes to AI art, my personal preference for exploration is way more in line with what net artists might do or like conceptual artists might do because I have almost 0% interest in like getting what I want. I have zero goals. I just want to be in like that liminal exploration phase where mm, it's like, mm -hmm. what's something that speaks to me and how can I kind of use AI as a channel or be the channel? I'm not quite sure which who's channeling what. Like I have all these ideas for things that I, I want to explore if and when I get time again. It's so I know. exciting. I gave myself like an hour and a half this week. I spent a good chunk of it watching that video and waiting for things to download. And then when I got into it and started playing with it, and then I was just like, had 30 minutes of being frustrated that my prompts were just like not even close to, because like there is something novel to the mid journey works where you can kind of just be like, you just freestyle and you're like, yeah. make it like this, but a little less of that and a little more. And then it gives you something, but I guess it, it doesn't have that precision that stable diffusion has. Right. Yeah. It's just like completely different ways of thinking, I guess. I'm trying to think of some sort of weird analogy. It's not like VHS and Betamax or VHS versus, I don't know, looking at something on Instagram. It's like cooking a chicken versus frying a chicken. Both delicious. <laughs> it's still but... chicken, yeah. All right, well, I'm going to keep playing with it. I'm sure I'll find some time next week to give another shot in between editing and stuff. It's still interesting to me. I still have my concerns there was a, a moment in the episode with Frank and Artie where Frank had to go pick up his kid. And so he left for 20 minutes. And so I just talked to Artie and Artie's background is in law. Mm. He's not a patent lawyer or a copyright lawyer, but I was just like, what do you think about, you know, I'm always asking people like, what do you think about this, the models and the legality or the, the gray area? And I'm still not sure what I think about it, but I do want to keep exploring it because a lot of smart people like Jan, who we talked to today, like very into it so <laughs> and you're in yourself right so it's like yeah. all right i can't just die on this hill of like what if it becomes uh a lawsuit it's just crazy i'm gonna try to find you some um links yeah resources anything that you use to start learning the prompting 
techniques. I searched it like twice and now my YouTube algo is just pushing me so much stuff about how to make like AI generated influencers and big booba ladies and stuff like that. So it seems to be what people are using this for (laughs) a lot of the time. There's got to be something for everybody, right? I guess that's what maybe makes the most money as like a professional, not necessarily an artist, but as someone who's like making content, YouTube channels, Instagram stuff, probably that's where the most money is to be made with it right now. Yeah. All right. Oh, we'll check back in in a couple of weeks. Yeah, I would this. say check Stable Diffusion Reddit, actually. Oh, okay. I haven't gone there yet. Yeah, we'll check back in and we'll uh, see what your process is like. And maybe that will be a non-collab and maybe we'll just be an AI podcast. If I get good at it, maybe I can make use of my uh, privileges on Mprops and do a project there. Yeah, why not? Did you pick up anything this week that you want to talk about? Yeah. Anything you minted? Anything cool? I've been a pretty lazy minter over the last couple of months, as everybody knows, for the most part. But I was just online checking out some mintable projects, and uh, there was one that really caught my eye, and I minted a two. It's Marekiaro by Kenzo Dabara. It is kind of like a generative abstract landscape of sorts mm. where like there's like an orb in the middle and then just like very, very vague. Just It's just like a landscape around it. It's not trees. It's not grass. It's not the ocean. It's just kind of a non-background. It almost reminds me of Aspergo by mm. DiMarchi in some ways, in some respects. Some of those middle projects, but... It was 0.5 Tez. And I was like, this is really cool. Like, this is definitely more than worth 50 cents entry point or 65 cents entry point, whatever <laughs> Tez is these days. So, yeah, this is minted out, but there are a few available in the marketplace with a floor of 20. But nice. uh, no sales so far. Good shout out there. Glad you found something that caught your eye. I So in addition to the Galaxy offers accepted... I got one of my projects of 2023. I got a Linnea this week. Yeah, you were worried about missing this, but it seems like there might even still be some available, or at least there were the other day when I checked. Well, so what I did was I used Podcaster Privilege and DM Stewart. They offered reserves, or they offered like allow list for people who had collected previously. And I was like, what about podcasters? And he was like, let me let me know which ones you want. And I gave him four. Three of them had already been asked for. But I got the fourth, number 29. Then when it went live, it was just like reserved for me. I bought it. And I think most of them were reserved because uh, there are a few that had been unsold, but they had no price. Uh, and yeah, now they, they're definitely all They're all bought. claimed for sure, yeah. Yeah. These are sick. This is one of my favorite projects of 2023. I'm super pumped to have one of these. I don't think they're available yet to claim on Art4, but once they're up there, I'm definitely going to grab my plot. And I think it'll go nicely against my threefold that I have hung here. So super pumped on that. And thanks to Stuart for responding to the DM <laughs> and helping me. Yeah, this is really rad. Um, when they were, it looked like there were still some available the other day. I kicked around the idea of going in for one, but the plots are your thing. This is your project. I wouldn't want to take that, <laughs> that glory away from you, but there's going to be way more cool stuff happening on verse. So, and there'll be more, I mean, this is just a continuing piece i wouldn't be surprised if he does another 10 or 20 every few months for a while like why not people love them they're great so uh shout out to stewart 
I had one project of the week here that we could talk about, Cytographia by Golan Levin, Carnegie Mellon professor, which therefore makes him a likely Magic the Gathering player. <laughs> and also apparently Stuart was a student of his at one point. Uh, Golan was tweeting about Linnea actually this week. But yeah, this was a pretty successful-ish sale. Artblocks curated it minted out at 0.24 ETH. It's had quite a lot of secondary action, but I don't think the floor has risen no. that much, but that's fine. Pretty much everything I've been seeing through the sales feed has been like 0.2 plus or minus 0. 2, a couple. 0.22. It's like all been around mint. A few people have reached up a little above. Did you check this one out at all? Not for a couple of weeks. Uh, I really checked it out when it first hit Artblocks, their socials, when it hit the website. And I looked at, at it a bit last week when you know we were talking about it as something in the looking ahead, but I haven't had the opportunity to really explore it this week. Is it living up to everything that you thought it would be and or more? I think it's super cool. I think it's really fun. For 400-ish, I think maybe, I mean, perhaps thematically, there's a reason that of always having that same kind of like yellowed paper background and keeping it very just like illustrative kind of feeling. But I, I do kind of wonder if, it was a little big just because of like the diversity. Obviously each one is super unique because of the animated aspect and the uh, interactivity, but this is crypto art. This is people looking at grids of these things and not necessarily clicking through and spending 20 minutes with each. And so I, I wonder if it could have had a little more thumbnail impact if there was a little bit of like splashes of color here and there, some diversity, mm -hmm. but very fun to play with. I was trying to figure out the rules of the interactivity. Like sometimes you move things around and they stay. Sometimes you move and they immediately snap back to their original position. I think to me, like the coolest thing about this, well, not the coolest thing, but the thing that's insane about this, this is on chain. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's art blocks. I know, but like that's the thing is like ethereal microcosm can never be on chain. Like it's just too much. They got genomes on chain though. So you would think yeah. that that would be also a similarly computationally like difficult or you know code heavy project yeah but i feel like genomes is like it's so abstract in many respects and like this feels very programmatic it feels mm. like very much alive i mean in many literal senses it's like organisms that are acting in relation to each other and there are rules i think it's a, a really big marvel big uh jeff ventrella vibes mm -hmm. also reminding me of like some of the early work he did on FX Hash for Earth Day, and um, similarly, like there was a, a, a game of life, like similar, like you know, not stylistically similar, but particle systems, kind of like living and moving around. This is the first one probably that's given thirty percent to Art Blocks. So <laughs> now that we're in twenty twenty four, right? Yeah, that's true. Oof. I think that this is really cool, and you know, I think this speaks to I think Art Blocks curated over the last six months to a year they've done a really great job of curation overall i don't think that they're picking projects that are like going to be like the most popular with the market so to speak i'm not using that as a way to throw shade on this work at all what i'm just saying is that they're going with things that are super conceptually interesting you mm -hmm. know looking back to the operator project from last year looking back to the sasha styles and nathaniel stern piece which is still mintable you know i think that they're taking really big risks and making really great statements with what they're choosing to curate and they're looking to things that are some, doing something like different compared to just being like geometries. Not that there's anything wrong with geometry. It's critical to life. But they can't all just be grids. Exactly. 
and also right like reaching out to people who like i think if you just look at his bio like he's got pieces in moma right like this is someone who has a long history of making art dating back to 1995 so even though you might not know them because they didn't make one of the highest you know market cap generative art nft releases like there's someone who has a lot of pedigree and 10 20 30 40 years from now like projects like this could be looked at in a very different light like with a with a longer view right of the potential for art on chain the potential for digital art beyond just something that necessarily looks nice we all want art that looks nice for our walls but we also have to have some cool art and some conceptual art (laughs) that we can nerd out about yeah i just want to know like out of all the students that he's taught who else has released really cool stuff what are the networks of artists you know you see some people from nyu with like Daniel Schiff, Schiffman, Schiff? Schiffman. Yeah, <laughs> Dan Schiffman. And just seeing how the enthusiasm and the love kind of just becomes infectious in a way. <laughs> I don't know if it was Artblocks or someone else who tweeted a photo this week that was Golan, Casey Reese, Dan Schiffman, and a bunch of other folks like all together at some conference, some like code art conference but from like 10 plus years ago you know it's just like whoa the dream team assembled still looking for a connection to dan if anyone can help connect us to to shiftman to get him on the show because he does not respond to anything (laughs) i'm gonna periodically continue to appeal to our audience to help hook it up because come on you would love to talk to him right yeah and get in those coding train comments too maybe yeah so that's a sick one from artbox curated i think that is the next one 10 goal they put out that little pdf Oh. for their winter releases. So I think oh, the next one is... One of the things that Artblocks has been doing, and I've only just started receiving them. I don't know if they've been doing this for longer, but in the last couple oh, the of weeks, emails? the emails are so good. Mm. I love the emails because it means you don't need to be on Twitter. It doesn't mean you need to be on Discord. <laughs> it's just like a really great 30-second summary of everything that's coming up. I think it's fantastic. More Web 2, please. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do some shout-outs and wrap the episode I wanted to shout out Lauren Bednar for putting out a bunch of January stuff, at least for the beginning of January. I don't know if he's kind of stopped or just you know didn't feel like releasing, but he put out three different projects this week and last that were free to mint on ETH. If you had gotten one of his open edition pieces, I did end up getting one of those on the secondary from Lauren. And so I was able to get some free mints here. So shout out to Lauren. If you have one of those and you haven't been checking, go claim... Uh, your free mints on those projects. All plus you got to do is pay a little bit of gas. Yes, plus gas. But for two out of three of them, the gas was pretty low. It was like under 0.005. I don't understand what the value of releasing a free project on ETH, though. I'm not dissing the art. I was just, I was looking through the Explore page the other day and I saw this. I kind of agree. Is it just to have the art on ETH? I don't know. We We could ask Lauren if he really feels maybe a lack of confidence in Tezos and... Yeah, right. Like if you're gonna do a free project, why not make it Tez? I don't I don't know. I'd love to know the answer to that. <laughs> there was a period of time over the holiday and after the new year where gas was kind of low, but it, it kind of jumped back up and it affected another project I wanted to shout out here called Ex Libris by Jonathan Barbeau. This is a generative bookmark that is redeemable, but I guess maybe redeemables are not enabled for ETH, but if you mint one, you can actually get a bookmark from him for free it's built into the price of the mint but he put it on eth 0.016 and gas got high again by the time this came out and a lot of people were like oh i'm just gonna wait for gas and 
0.016, it's like 25 bucks, 30 bucks. So why not just make it 30 Tez and not have your audience care about gas? So I'm not sure. I think 30 Tez is still a tough price point on Tez right now. But if it's a redeemable, redeemable with a free redemption. Yeah. And it would be tagged as redeemable. So you'd be getting that interest. He made a really cute video too. And you know, he's been tweeting and I think it's in the description too, talking about like going to Marfa and getting encouragement for doing this project and meeting a lot of really cool artists. And yeah, it's just a bummer to see it come out and then just it's on ETH and then gas and you picked this really great price point and you just kind of like really hinder gas. yourself yeah. with gas. And if this was on Tez, I would have like no brainer minted one by now. Hopefully he'll keep it open. I think it's worth watching. They're really nice and you get a cool physical. I was thinking of getting a couple of these as gifts for people. You know, people I know who like read, getting them some like one-on-one bookmarks would be really cool. Yeah, it's really cool. And also it has a bunch of controls. So that way you kind of get like a params-like experience, but you don't need to commit before minting. It's something that you can do after you mint and you can do things to like control your border radius. I think that's a really nice thing to have, especially for anything that might be exportable. If you're into skateboarding, apparently, he will also make you a skateboard with one of these, he was saying in uh, Discord, but that is not free. So <laughs> I don't know how much a deck costs these days, uh, especially like a custom one like this. But if you're super into it and you like your design, you can negotiate that with him. Super cool. And then I see that you listed another shout out here and that great call out. I was going to shout this out as well. A new collaboration between Scott Kildall Nathaniel Stern with expanded.art and it's called Hashnados. Only 10 out of 128 minted 0.05 on chain. This is very similar to the Art Blocks project in a way. It's interactive and I think it's interactive via your your webcam. Yeah. It's a little freaky to click run on a project and have it ask for permissions, <laughs> but you know, we trust Nathaniel. <laughs> Yeah, this is a super fun one, but I, I feel like maybe it's one of those projects where if you just looked at the thumbnail, like on the project page, you're not really going to know what it's about. You have to maybe know who Nathaniel is and have the curiosity to click through and then see what's all built in here, which is also again on chain, which is kind of cool mm -hmm. too. Very fun one to play with. And I hope that people come to this over time and figure out what it's about. It uses like the hash too, I think, to compose the tornadoes themselves like they're all like composed of like alphanumerical digits and so it looks like there's some a bunch of cool color combinations that come out as well i want to see more of these minted mm -hmm. again i don't have any eth not even really eth to spend on gas so <laughs> it's gonna be out of reach for a while until someone buys your uh block and deuce your block and deuce or your paradigm <laughs> So shout out to Nathaniel there, friend of the show, past guest. I wanted to shout out a project on Prohibition, actually. I took a took a dip into Prohibition, and uh, artists that we know from FX Hash, Erfan Hosseini, released a project there called Topo Warp, you know, a topography warping, colorful project that actually minted out, which is like honestly kind of a big deal because every time I check on Prohibition, there's just a bunch of unminted art. And they were tweeting like hell about this on the Prohibition uh, we, Twitter we account. We did it, guys. They were like, congrats to Airfan for minting out. Here's a link to go check out the secondary. Like, it's just, I do think it's cool that they are out there pushing the art, trying to get in front of people. They're still doing a lot of events in their Discord. 
trying to build community. It's challenging. It's not easy. Just so shout out to Airfan for minting out a project on Prohibition, proving that it can be done. Crazy. And, you know, we saw some sales of his work on FX Hash as well this week. Yeah. So. He's got some great projects from back in the day. It was like, I feel like he came in in the beginning of 2021. Or 2022. Tw- sorry, the beginning of 2022. Yeah. And people was, were really liking his style. Projects that minted out got really flipped, but held higher, you know, above mint floors and just kind of fell victim to like what a lot of artists experienced, I think, during the slowdown of having projects come out, flippers trying and then failing. And then all of a sudden the interest dries up and doesn't mean the work is not cool. It just means the market was bad, right? Some insane projects. I remember we talked quite a bit about them in the day and there are some yeah. that I still have and still love. So I think you might have been one of the early people to take advantage of reserve lists. I would need to go back and Oh, like chaining that. it forward from owning his previous work? Possibly. I might be wrong on that, but something like that kind of strikes a bell because, you know, it was definitely, he was one of the names that came to mind when talking about where reserves could be really valuable. I think it was around the time of his like absolute popularity. Cool. Well, last but not least here, I almost didn't put this one on the list because it just came out today and still not open for public mint. But Amy Goodchild has returned to FX Hash with an ETH drop. The project is called A Strange Kind of Physical Reality. It's 175 pieces. Right now, it is 0.01 ETH to mint, but that is uh, for a reserve list. And I forget which project she was. Not one I have. Yeah, I she put it on Twitter, but it might maybe it was her art blocks project or something else where it was like easier for her to collect the ETH addresses and figure out who held that work. So yeah, neither of us on the reserve list for this one. Very cool, abstract, colorful, mm-hmm. wavy, kind of physics inspired project. I was just scrolling through some of the outputs. Part of January as well. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah, cool. uh, I think day one of January um, was particles. And so I think that this was what she did for that one. Her Instagram is really great right now for anybody who's looking for cool stuff on Instagram, like just kind of a sped up live code, like live version of her coding with like the outputs. Time lapsing her coding, right? It's really cool. I'm loving some of the palettes here, like in particular the Space Waltz palette, which number two and number 26 share. This is going to open up to the public. Tomorrow? I think tomorrow. So definitely by the time this episode airs, but the price is going to jump up, I think, to like 0.03 or something like that. So I used the last of my ETH paying for gas to mint Lauren stuff. So I'm not in an immediate position to mint, but I'll definitely be watching these. I mean, that's it for shout outs for me. Anything else that you want to bring up? Should we do a quick looking ahead? Let's do a quick looking ahead. We shouted out a bunch of stuff last week. The only thing I wanted to add here is that the first verse solo of the year with Harm Van and Dorpel has finally been put up on the platform. It's coming out January 30th. It's called Struggle for Pleasure. This is the artist that convinced Jan, Jan Lietje, to do NFTs and make money off of art. You know, that's a fun story that we got in the episode today. These are pretty rad looking pieces. I haven't explored them too much, but just the thumbnails and the ones that they've been sharing are really appealing to me so far. So Definitely someone that we need to learn about. I don't think we'll have time to get them on the show before this release with the schedule that we have. But yeah, just putting that out there for one as one for everyone to check out. And then I guess also be watching for whoever's going to be releasing on Bitcoin <laughs> this month. I have no idea who's out there planning drops and what the pricing will be like and stuff like that. But I'm not going to be minting, unfortunately, unless there's something insane, insane, insane. 
In which case you don't need to mint. You can just appreciate from afar. That's true. Who would be so exciting to you that you would actually consider like peeling off? I don't even know. Like the problem is like even 0.01 Bitcoin is like so much, right? So honestly, I don't think anybody. Oh, depending on the price point. But I think just generally speaking, I don't even know how to mint anything on Bitcoin. Like, is there a wallet? I truly don't understand the idea because <laughs> there's no like real NFT standard. So it's like the data is inscribed onto a Satoshi, but then how do you keep track of the Satoshi individually in your wallet? Like, and I, I think people must have obviously developed like UIs to do that. Well, isn't it from the early days is literally just Google Docs? Even the early days of ordinals, yeah. But like, yeah. I mean, the very, very early days too, when people were doing Pepe stuff. But yeah, I remember when ordinals came out and people like had a doc going and they were basically doing like, it was very centralized, right? It was like a lot, it was, it was very trust forward instead of trustless. Like, <laughs> yeah, there was no way to really mediate it. That part is really scary too, which is like, how do I keep, I have no idea how to keep track of my ordinal. I don't think they've, I assume if someone's running a platform that this stuff has been solved. So I'll definitely like look at it. We'll look at it for science. Probably will not do it for science, but it'll be important because Bitcoin's not going away. Probably, probably uh, it just has the, this big kind of cultural phenomenon. And even though Ethereum is kind of the more practical thing to use, credit Barely. cards are better than gold. <laughs> yeah, but we still talk about gold sort of sometimes. Not not on this podcast. We not don't. Not on this. We just did. We can say we talked about it in the first hundred episodes now. All right, well, let's wrap it. We got so much interview stuff coming, so be on the lookout for all of that. Trinity, thank you for recording as always. I'm so excited for episode 100 next week. I wish we had like a fun thing that we were going to drop. Like, you know, a lot of the collabs that we were working on got pushed. So, no big initiative for episode 100. Figure but... out stable diffusion and uh, M props <laughs> it up. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> if I get through a lot of editing, definitely I'll jump back in on stable diffusion. Let's just say uh, thanks to our patrons real quick before we depart. Shout out to Melissa Wiederect, Nat Emoti, Verse, FX Hash, Dan Cat, Dirtis, EGS5000, Jerez, Michael Anthony, Mike G, Operating System, Otoro, Abstractment, Rago Ruxan, Sean Yost, and Tender. Thank you, thank you, thank you for supporting us. This is great. Thanks everyone for listening. We'll be back again soon with episode 100. Bye-bye.